4: Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.
3: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN.
1: Okay, so Lombardi Line, as we welcome you in on a Friday edition here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We're officially halfway through the 2021 NFL season. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSEN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, there in Jersey. Hey, Michael. Good afternoon.
2: How are you? Hi, Patrick. How you doing today? How Good, I'm, man. Well, I'm doing a lot better than my, than, than, than my friends at the Baltimore Ravens. I can promise you that. That was ugly, huh?
1: You know, it closed 8.5, which I believe was the books essentially trying to avoid some of the teaser liability with the Ravens. But guess what? It didn't matter because you saw the Dolphins yeah, yeah. cash at plus 340. What a game. There's, it's really weird because it was so bad that there's so much to unpack from it, Michael.
2: <laughs> there really is. Let's start with the field, right? How bad was the field? like it was looked like a mud field yeah. it looked like a pasture you know and guys were slipping like crazy both sides were slipping and and you know look if you're going to play Lamar you want a bad field that's certainly going to help you but that field was really bad for both teams and then the question that i have for you counselor is if Tua wasn't healthy enough to start how did he become so healthy to come in how did this happen and I don't want to hear that he played great. I mean, I can throw oh, the ball to wide open receivers, too. Oh, come on, please, right? You know, I can do that. I don't want to hear, well, Tua played, you know, had 104 quarterback rating. You know, he played really good in the game. Stop. The guy was, they missed the coverage. Stop it. He made the, the, guys, it was Alabama. The two throws he made, the deep throws he made were like he was playing back at Alabama. There was nobody near the receivers. I digress. I like your answer. They say he
1: saved the day. He had one completion to waddle. The rest of the time, he was scrambling for his life. He couldn't push the ball down the field. Saving the day is quite an overstatement. And then the consternation between is it Brissett? Is it Tua? Is Flores confused? That was an S show, okay? And Tua was not very good in that
2: game. I can't wait. What did Pro Football Focus rate them on? Pro I fo- can't fo- wait focus. for all the two PFF. apologists. Uh, pro Football, the Pro Football Focus. I mean, <laughs> they're gospel according to Pro Football Focus. Let's so we got to talk about it, right? Uh, I mean, I can't wait to figure out what they said last night watching that game. I mean, yeah. if you if you're the Ravens defense, like you basically gave up, you blew a coverage. Right. You blew two coverages and they're the only two plays they made in the game. Oh, on Wilson, I mean, Wilson on the little on the yeah, yarder. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. I mean they don't cover the guy. I mean I could throw that. You could throw that. Bill Berman could have thrown that. I mean guy was wide
1: open. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Wilson and, and Waddle. That was it. Those were the two throws. I guess he saves the day. And you see it. I think it comes more down to this. The Ravens were 2 of 14 on third down. Lamar was sacked four times. They had 4.3 yards per play. The offensive line couldn't block the Dolphins. Just really, you got to point to the Ravens here.
2: I think you got to point to Greg Roman. Like, at some no point, what was he going to decide to do? I mean, I thought it was one of the worst called games. How many more second and second and three runs was he going to run for a minus one yard? How many more of those was he going to do? How many more times was he going to get into that protection that they couldn't block everybody and make him throw it hot? I mean, I'm screaming to Millie on the couch. Like, they're just making him throw it hot. Like, it's third and ten, he's going to throw it. Like, what are we doing here? How about John Harbaugh? Like, how about if we change the game plan a little bit? How about if we get Lamar under center? You You think they would have been all up if he was under center? Of course they wouldn't have been. Of course they wouldn't have been. They would not know if it was going to be play-action, boot. What are we going to do? You know, everybody thinks the answer is let's get in shotgun and wing it around. You can't block them. Mm-hmm. You know, they basically dared you to throw the ball down the middle of the field. And because you couldn't block them and the field was so bad, it was the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm. The question i have
1: for you okay so there's a lot to focus on with the ravens which what's weird about the ravens is they had just gone on a streak michael where they were home for over a month right so they were rested now they're going to go on to a pretty brutal stretch where they're on the road a ton but they come into this one and it just didn't seem like and i know you berman and y'all like to have fun with roman they're right here
2: he didn't adjust at all ever throughout the whole entire game what was that he didn't it was horrible. It was one of the worst coached offensive games I've ever seen, from play calling to design. Like, right at the first quarter, you they were going to be 11 up. They were daring you to throw the ball. And so what you have to do is say, okay, look, we're going to get all this fake 11, come 11, here's what we're going to do. And once you make one play or two plays down the field, the game's over. They're not doing it anymore. They're going to run away. They're going to be like that dog that chases the car and gets hit, and he never chases it again. Like, he's going home. <laughs> but if you don't if you don't ever make them pay, they're gonna keep chasing the car. They're gonna keep chasing it. And they kept doing it to the fourth quarter. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, where's the adjustment? Like what we're we're professional. You're making two and a half million dollars a year. You're paid to figure out the problem, solve it. Like it's not that complicated. You gotta get, you know, we gotta get they were playing off coverage. The bubble screens weren't gonna be the answer. You know, because they were just going to rally up
1: and tackle the guy. That was the most demonstrative we've seen Jackson in his career, right? He was pissed the whole entire he game, was pissed. and you could tell that what you're alluding to had something to do with that. Listen, they ran for 94 yards. This is along with the Browns, the best running team of football. They turned the football over twice. They they allowed sacks. They couldn't block anybody. I
2: mean, he was just. It, they were completely ill prepared. Yeah, and I'm sure John Harbaugh said after the game it was somebody else's fault. It wasn't theirs. You know, I mean, like, seriously, look internally. I'm sure he probably blamed the defense. Like, seriously. I mean, they blew the coverage. Great. It's 15-10. to 10. I mean, the, the one drive they scored on, they got the two personal foul penalties. Also, they wouldn't have scored on that drive. I mean, this was one of the worst offensive game plans of all time. And you, all you had to do was figure out in the first quarter what the plan was and then adjust to it. Then adjust to it. I read you got the matchups all over the field. You, I, you know, I read just the go Dolphins after Byron Jones. I, I read the Dolphins blitzed some plus twenty four times.
1: So the adjustment, yeah. and, but no, they, they never they ne- he, the coverage never adjusted. Nothing the play calling never adjusted to constant blitzing.
2: He kept blitzing, and but he didn't have to pay for it. You know there were nothing but there weren't even any long foul balls. Well, the first one to Watkins that I think he lost in the lights, but that was maybe the only long foul ball they had. Other than that, they, they really never had to pay for it. It was really coaching malpractice at the highest level, I thought, watching the game. I feel sorry for the people that picked Baltimore in the Survivor Contest. I feel sorry for them because, you know, there you are. You're going down there. I know they played overtime, but, you know, the Miami Dolphins, the, 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 the Texans moved the ball better than they did. Yeah. no, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons moved the ball better. And basically, the the more you kept not being able to handle the pressure, the more the pressure was going to come.
1: The and I think the Watkins decision was a business decision. <laughs> if
2: be, I couldn't game. make out what it was. Do you think he thought he was going to hit the goalpost? post? Uh, yes, I do. I thought he didn't hit the light. I, I, thought, I mean, yeah. I thought he actually might have been able to make that catch. I
1: do too. I think he. I think he made a business decision. I. Uh, I. Listen, you can talk about the Dolphins. They had lost seven straight. They've now won two straight. Okay, you can say that Tua is the savior. I thought Tua looked completely flustered. Uh, this really comes down to the Ravens, because if you take a look at the AFC North, I mean, take a look. The Ravens are 6-3. and three. Steelers are 5-3. and three. Play the Lions this week. The Browns are 5-4. and four. The Bengals are 5-4. and four. I mean, this is a wild division right now.
2: It, it really is wild. And, and look, the one way we know the Ravens are vulnerable to losing games is when they play against a quarterback who can make throws. And I'm not talking about when you drop coverage throws. I'm talking about if you protect against them, you can throw the ball because they don't have anybody that really can cover other than Humphrey in the back end. Mm -hmm. And they didn't lose this game because of that. They lost this game because of mental mistakes and poor coaching on offense. That's why they lost the game. And that field played right into it. The The field was the perfect storm to blitz Lamar. He had no footing. Like I've watched Lamar way too much in my life. I know he slips a lot. He's always the one guy who's always unbalanced but finds a way to get him balanced. But in this game, I felt like they were either in the wrong spikes or they could never get traction, and neither could the Dolphin players. It was for both sides. Right, right.
1: Couldn't run, couldn't run against the blitz, couldn't throw against the blitz, couldn't. I mean, it was just, I I, I
2: don't know what you chalk it up as. How are you going to run against the blitz? They got, you know, you got no, you're up there and they're blitzing the B and the A gaps and they're right in the backfield and there's Devontae Freeman, you know, what are you going to do?
1: Meaning they couldn't come off it and they couldn't take advantage downfield. They couldn't do anything.
2: Yeah. I mean, they never moved the pocket. He never moved the pocket. They don't run boots. They don't run anything to help the quarterback. Like he never did anything to really do it. Didn't run toss crack. I mean, like, you, you, you got all those players in the A and the B gap, but you don't run toss-crack? I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing? Like, what's our plan? We kept running our stuff. We're going to do what we do. We're going to do what we do. No, we adjust to what we do. It was really I, – I was so disappointed. And you could see it early in the game, and it never changed.
1: I got to believe they're going to use this narrative of Tua saving the day moving forward into the season, so he'll be starting moving forward. Now the, the finger obviously causes issues. Let me ask you about Jacoby Brissett because legitimately I thought he was dying. So he was. Did you? Yeah. You could hear him yelling. You probably had the volume off. You could hear him screaming. No, we had it on. And then we he on. and yeah. then he, no, went off, he goes off to the side. and He's like he gives. He's giving thumbs up. T- two minutes later, I was. You were worried about the dude. And then all of a sudden, that's where the confusion
2: happens about who's he playing took quarterback. A be- no, he did take. A oh, beating. he was getting crushed. I mean, t- so did t- they both took beatings. I mean, both quarterbacks, uh, uh, Tua and him, took. They they got the heck beat out of them. I mean, look that. Would you want to play behind that offensive line? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they'll volunteer behind that line. Yeah, I bet you get a few guys enlisted in that in that army. That's a bad line. No run game. I mean, Miami. Miami had no run game. They made a few plays. Gasecki didn't beat them with any plays. I mean, they dropped the coverage. They dropped the coverage on Wilson, and they and they and Waddle beat the guy on the corner route. and He was wide open. Other than that, what two plays else hurt him? A kick, and then Tucker misses a field goal. You should have known when Tucker missed a field goal that it was going to be a long day for Baltimore.
1: Ravens, Dolphins' first game this NFL season with more punts (14) than points nine through three quarters). That was, I think they did something wow. to that field as well. <laughs>
2: like, I think I, I, I look. I think I, I think they, there is some they, ingenuity. That was a slow track. Yeah, I, I mean there was some bad hay on that field. <laughs> We we're
1: playing. We were playing up in Wisconsin. Yeah, there was some ingenuity there with the track. Okay, there it is, and I, I think you nailed it with Roman. Uh, we continue along midway through the season. I've got A couple things I want to throw at Michael as we get it started here. Of course, Wes Reynolds is going to join Josh Applebaum. We got the whole crew here on a Friday as we head into the weekend. Of course, college football as well tonight. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's lee acom forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: Okay, football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options. You go in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Visit betmgm.com. Download the BetMGM app right now. It's the king of sports books. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred five two two forty seven. Hundred, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas, and you where you are. Hope you're having a good Friday. The uh, the big news. So we were just discussing me and Santos. Did we? It happened after we left the show.
2: It Odell did. Beckham Jr. Yeah. as a Ram.
1: So I'd love to get your take was,
2: on yeah. this. Interesting. I, you know, my first reaction was why the Rams. I mean, if you are want to go out into the free agent market next year and command a huge deal, uh, you know where you know where's the, are you going to get the ball from Robert Woods? Are you getting the ball from Cooper Cup? Are you getting the ball from Jefferson? You know, I don't know. I think this is all about Hollywood. I think this is all about LeBron. I think this is all about, you know, Odell being Odell. I really do. Yeah. I think what he learned, It's. Talk, I talked to somebody yesterday who, who's kind of uh, wired into the situation, and I think his initial reaction and why there was some posting that he was going to delay a decision was because he was surprised how soft the market was towards him in terms of financial market. And I think that caught him off guard. And I think once he realized, and I'm sure his agents probably did a great job of communicating this to him, look, you know, Monday there's going to be no more money whether you make the decision Thursday or you make it Monday, the money's going to be the same. It's where do you want to go? And I think that was ultimately what caused him to go to Los Angeles, you know, green Bay and the lifestyle up there. I don't think was going to be conducive enough. Although I thought it was the better football move, you know, now let's talk about the Rams. I mean, people say, how can they afford it? It's a minimum salary contract. It's easy to afford, you know, you cut a player, replace a player. So, I mean, that's what I believe he was going to earn as a minimum salary. So, We'll find out more today. But for the Rams, to me, this is another example of, are you sure we're going to get them the ball? Because if we don't improve our offensive line, if we don't get better there, how are we going to get them the ball? You know, how are we going to? It looks great on paper, but you and I both know, Patrick, that, this, the, this, the, the, that all these things don't necessarily make you a better team, having all these skilled players. The game's won up front. If David Edwards doesn't block better – if Austin Corbett doesn't block better, if Brian Allen, their inside players, don't block better, can they really get the ball to this guy? It remains to be seen for me. And more receivers mean the less physicality they're going to have.
1: To your point, the specifics, Odell, it's a one-year deal, $1.25 million guaranteed. The deal includes another $3 million in incentives, which essentially tells you they're all in. The incentives are postseason uh, as far as how deep they go into the postseason he gets paid up the three million dollars. Now, a couple of things. I never thought when I thought the Rams that they needed another receiving threat, to your point. First off, Cooper Cup's chasing Calvin Johnson's a single season record as far as receiving yards. He's having an all time year. Woods is tremendous. Like it it's it can't I guess it can't hurt, but I will say this, it could hurt. Deshaun Jackson got bitter and frustrated with his role in that offense. What's different what's the difference between Deshaun Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr.
2: You know, I don't know. It's a great question. Now, no, Odell just got a million. If you look at the numbers, he got a million two five. Right. Uh, okay. And, and and for the remaining of the season, and Deshaun got a million for the remaining of the season from the Raiders. They they posted it at two million, but he get he earns a million for the remainder of the season. So he for an extra two hundred fifty thousand. That's not. A, I mean, basically at one two and their ability to spread the number, it's really just slightly above a minimum deal. I, I don't know the answer to your question. Like, how is he going to get the ball more than that? And, and really, do they need another? I don't want to call Odell a possession receiver, but the one thing Jackson gave you was a way to clear it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it isn't like Odell was getting double covered in Cleveland. Let's be real honest here. He wasn't getting double-covered there. It wasn't the coverage was rotating to him. It wasn't that they were bracketing him on third down, take away Odell. They were worried about Landry on third down. This is what's fascinating. The mythology that's associated with this player is truly fascinating. He can do no wrong, even though he hasn't done well for the last four years. He's kind of a tweener.
1: He's not necessarily a possession guy. He's not take-the-top-off guy. He's kind of – he's just Odell, and Odell, what we think of – when his first couple of years where he was tremendous, it's just not the same player. I, your point is a great one. The guy that they need is in in, La, is in Las Vegas here because they need a deep threat, if anything. you know They don't need anything at the wide receiver position, but if they needed something, maybe it's that deep threat, which is Deshaun Watson more than Odell.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, I think so. I mean, look, this guy, you know, he's always been, Odell has always been, it, it was only in 15 that he got above the 15 yards per catch. And that was when he was very proficient at putting the ball in the end zone. I mean, you know, this year he had 2017 catches at 20, for 13.6 for 11 points, 13.6 average. The year before, he had 43, he had 23 catches for 13.9. Mm. You know, this is kind of what he's been. And so, you know, what happened was early this first part of his career, the first three years, he scored 25 touchdowns in, in three years. That, that's what made him Odell. And since those 25 touchdowns, he's had 16 in the last five.
1: Now, he totally would have made sense in Green Bay because he would have been a tremendous compliment oh, to Devontae it, Adams to me.
2: I, I was told yesterday by somebody very reliable that there's no way he thought he could last 90 days in Green Bay. Really? <laughs> I mean, just socially and, yeah, and part it's just of having a, yeah, a life yeah. and style. And we're heading he into the winter. And my, answer back to, and my answer back to the guy was, I said, well, you know, Charles Woodson went up there and really loved it. You know, he loved it. But, yeah, you know, different place. To pla- each his own, I guess. Yeah,
1: to each their own, and people are at different places in their lives. And, you know, we're heading into the winter where it can be an acquired taste
2: up there in uh, Green Bay. It's unclear if Beckham, well, Michael, I, I, please. I, I think this, too. I think when you look at, odell and you look at the first two years his first year is last year at the giants and his first year at cleveland the amount of targets that he got Mm. it is last year in new york he had 124 targets he had 77 catches the next year in cleveland he had 133 targets he had 74 catches his targets keep going up the receptions keep going down for example, you know, when he was in his first year in the league he only had 130 targets he had 91 catches. In 15 he had he had 158 targets he had 96 catches. I mean these targets they go up but the production hasn't gone isn't matched it. And I think that that tells you a little bit of what you need to know right there.
1: No, you've been explaining that he he ain't Michael Thomas, right? If you throw Michael Thomas the ball when he's healthy he's going to catch it. This is not Odell. Odell legitimately every advanced metric year after year has gone down. And you point to the fact that I believe it was Newsom that said the legs. Yeah. And he just – he's still a great athlete. He's uh, one of the best athletes on the planet, if we're just being honest. But he's not the same as far as explosiveness.
2: No, he doesn't have that burst, that Zeus, you know. And, and, you know, and so he can't really – and no one's worried about he's going to just take the game away from you. No. You know, the, the, the most overused term, I think, in all of football is number one receiver. Oh, he's the number one receiver. There's very few and far between. Tyreek Hill is the number one receiver because every defensive coordinator that plays against him is scared to death. He, they're scared to death because he can take the top off the defense. Tyreek Hill is not, contrary to most what pro football focus says, Fleck, when you say it, not overrated. He is what you're worried about. Parker, you're worried about. Those guys can de- de- term t- can control the game. Julio at one time could, but Julio's been – we talked about this when he got traded. He can't stay healthy. He's on the injury report every week for the hamstring. There's something wrong. There's something going on.
1: So it's unclear. Now, he gets the extra day, Michael. You can tell me – give me your best guess if he's going to play Monday night. Uh, that oh, being he'll play. Yeah, I mean, it's think the so? Odell
2: show. He'll go out there, and they'll tell him what to run in the huddle. He'll go out there and say, "Look, uh, you know, the concept is: if you get cover three, you run this. If you get two, you boom, boom, go." Okay. So I mean, expectations you know, he'll mean, play and, in San and, Francisco. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, because they're trying to make everybody happy, they'll probably try to feed them the ball, which will disrupt their whole routine. Look, I, one thing I've learned in my 35 years in the NFL: teams win championships, not players. Not focusing. They're going to have to prove that they can come together as a team. It took Tampa. It took Tampa last year till after Thanksgiving to get this going.
1: It's a wide <laughs> – the approach with the Rams has been – I mean, they're all in. And quickly, just their numbers, 8-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, 3-1 to, to win the NFC. They're 1-1 to, to win the NFC West. Remember, they're sitting behind Arizona right now.
2: Arizona beat, them, beat their butts. I mean, Arizona beat them up at butts. home. Beat them up at home. Just said, you know what? And that's the thing. Are they going to be tough enough? Can they play when they're not front runners? They just signed one of the biggest front runners of all time. Fits into the locker room. There's no doubt. You know, we're talking about a th- For me, when I watch the Rams, when I watch the Rams, I think that offensive line, right. I think, wow. I
1: was when they say, have to
2: play against a good team, they're going to have some trouble.
1: You point to it all the time. The thread that we had with the Ravens earlier, the Dolphins. And now it translates to the Rams. Okay, you can add the skill. You can add the skill, but you're still missing something up front, and that's been the issue for the Rams. The Rams, a couple of years ago, great up up front. Now they've started to slip. They've gotten
2: older. Well, they they married their scheme to the front. They, they knew golf, so they had a play-action pass. Yeah. They hid the line. They don't hide it anymore because of Stafford. Hey, I.
1: so there is a big question if Chubb is going to be available. Two five and four teams: the Browns and Patriots. Chubb's out, Hunt's out potentially, Felton's out potentially. No running backs for the Browns who run the football. We'll come back discuss that one next. And West is going to join as well. It's V Sin the Sports Betting Network.
3: To the Lombardi line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: it's midseason as we discussed here. So we got a special for you. It is the mid-season football special provided by vCN. You go to vCN.com slash subscribe. You get every the kitchen sink, I like to say everything we offer for 99 bucks, which is a great investment. Daily best bets. Email sent to you every day, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, in-depth analysis. You also get the hoops guide when it comes to college basketball betting. So this is awesome. Beeson.com slash subscribe. Okay, Wes is going to join us in a little bit. Michael, if I were to tell you, as we welcome you back, if I were to tell you both the Browns and the Patriots are exactly the same as far as their odds to win the Super Bowl. They're both 30 to 1. I'm going to ask you who you'd prefer and do, would you consider these two teams, the Browns and the Patriots legitimate contenders at this point?
2: I think it's hard to say a, a team with a rookie quarterback's a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl, especially one that doesn't have an elite side of the ball. For example, you know, the Steelers when Tommy Maddox got hurt and Ben took them to the Super Bowl as a rookie quarterback, that that's an exception, right? So I I don't think you could say that about the the, the Patriots. They're getting better. Could they make the playoffs without a doubt? Will the seasoning in the playoffs make them better? Yeah, can they put together three hard games in the playoffs? I would find that hard to believe. You know, the Browns should be more of a playoff team uh, than the, the Patriots. They've got experience at quarterback. They've got experience in their offensive line, experience on defense. However, the problem is is the Browns have been so inconsistent, particularly when you ex- analyze what they do offensively. When you eliminate the big play, this game for the Patriots is very similar to playing the Chargers. Mm. When we say all the time about the Chargers, you got to take away Mike Williams. Can't give him a big play. You got to stop, let Keenan Allen have hundred catches. Who cares? He's not going to beat you. And then, you know, make them not make them go seven, eight, nine, ten play drives to see if they could score and they'll kick a field goal and you won't you won't lose the game. Same thing with the Brownies. No big plays. Don't let Chubb get going in terms of a big play. Chubbs can have thirty carries for 110 yards. That's fine. They ain't gonna beat you. But if Chubb has 25 carries for 185 yards and he's got a long of 60, that's going to beat you. And then if you give up a 70-yard pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones or a a huge chunk play to, to Hooper whomever, Higgins, that's the problem. So this tactic that the Patriots have to play in this game is similar to what they did against the Chargers. Control the ball, run and balance your offense, but also limit big plays. I think something special could be brewing
1: with the Patriots so three straight wins again the first one was the Jets then they go on the road at the Chargers it's a great win they go on the road at the Panthers still a very good win and you you've talked about it even at the beginning of the season you didn't panic because you said it's going to build it's going to build it's going to build and specifically up front both sides getting better
2: yeah no doubt I mean since the really when you look at their defensive team since Since really the you know if you go back to even the New Orleans game, New Orleans really didn't do much against them. New Orleans had 252 yards of offense; they really didn't do anything. And then the next week, Tampa, you know, they threw for 381 in a pouring rain. They held Tampa to 19 points. Houston made a couple big plays in the game, but they got control that game in the second half. The Dallas game's the the one where they couldn't stop Dallas. 445 yards of, of passing and 567 total in the game. But the last three weeks, they've held their opponents down, and they've played much better defensively. They've played much better pass defense. And in the last three weeks, they have forced eight turnovers. Eight. That's pretty good. You know, and they only have turned the ball over three times. So they're plus five in the turnover takeaway column, which is huge. And even though they haven't played their best football offensively in the last three weeks, they have found ways to win the game. Look at you. I can. I see what you're doing. You're slow rolling it. You're, I think
1: this is no. the Patriots. He, he, you know he's feeling good about it because they had the early issues. Wow. He's got to be feeling good about the way this team's kind of coalescing now.
2: You, well, you know, I mean, they've won four of the last five. You've got to feel good about it. And the one loss was overtime. Yeah, that's right. You know, the one loss was overtime. So you've got to feel good about what you're doing with your football team. And, and the one good thing is, and that's why, you know, on Wednesday's show, because it was Emmett Fitzgerald Day, we talked about how that is the day of sim- symbolism for pad level, good practices. In the, in the, you, this is about teams that improve in the National Football League and it starts now november and december who's improving who's getting better at practice every week who takes practice practice execution and allows it to become game reality that's what we're looking for and the patriots have done that and mac continues to get better and better each week the players gravitate to him and all it takes is it takes a good wednesday it takes a good thursday it takes a good friday and a good game and then the next days you know, there's that picture of, of, you know, the road, the ladder to success. Have you ever seen that where, you know, the rungs, you know, people think they're they're 50 feet apart. The rungs, they want to take giant steps where the teams that reach success have the rungs are about one foot apart. Right. They just keep stepping up the ladder. That's the Patriot way. And that's what they're doing. So that's very impressive. Now, they've got to beat these teams. they got to beat Cleveland. Look, they've stubbed their toe at home against Miami. They stubbed their toe at home against Tampa Bay. They stubbed their toe against Dallas. They've got to win these home games, especially against an evenly matched team.
1: It, even with Max's struggles, he's separated himself from the other rookie class. He's by far and away, so far, the most productive. We, we don't even
2: consider don't him a rookie. We don't consider him, I mean, him a rookie. That's on, right. Yesterday on Twitter, somebody said to me, you know, you're being really hard on Jordan Love. How, well, Jordan Love's not a rookie. Jordan Love's not a rookie. Jordan Love's a second-year player. I'm being hard on Jordan Love because most people that watch Jordan Love practice are hard on him. Right. They don't see it, you know? I mean, they, they went into Kansas City not believing that he could do what they needed him to do. Can he get better? I hope so. But you compare Mac Jones to Trey Lance or you compare Mac Jones to Zach Wilson, I mean, Mike White's sticking his chest out thinking he's going to be the quarterback for the Jets. I mean, I, I, another good outing. Another good outing, and I would suspect if I were Joe Douglas, Mike White's agent's going to be on the phone saying, we'd like to talk about an extension starting at 35 a year. (laughs) I mean, I kind of expect that to happen.
1: I kind of like his – he's swaggy. He's cocky. He said he felt like he should have been the number one overall pick. (laughs) Wilson said his best friend on the team is White. And he said, Wilson said the style that he, his style of play is something he needs to emulate. Not good when your number one overall pick is saying they need to emulate the kid that nobody even knew his name 10 minutes ago.
2: I think when you watch White and you watch Wilson, whatever you think of Wilson is premature. Are you listening, Will Hill? Because Will Hill's already written off Wilson. Oh my goodness. But to me, to me, what White does is White allows himself to read the coverages something that most young rookies don't do. This is why we like Mac Jones so much, because Mac Jones can do this. Mac Jones is going from A to B. He's moving from side to side. He's looking at the triangle and he's making decisions. Some of them are not good decisions. Sometimes he turns down easy throws. But what Mike White has di- showed differently than Zach Wilson is the fact that he can make those quick decisions. I think that's what Wilson's saying in that quote. i got to play quicker. And in playing quicker for a rookie takes reps takes time takes game action that's why it's so hard
1: okay so the patriots quickly back to this are laying too. the elephant in the room here michael is what happened two days ago that's when nick chubb and felton both tested positive for covid now they're vaccinated so they could potentially we're going to find out on sunday if chubb runs it, this is huge i mean it's just like hunt's still out chubb could potentially be out felton could potentially be out and this is a team that comes off the run consistently in the browns this could be huge
2: It could be huge, and the Patriots have two of their running backs in concussion protocol. So that's a concern, you know. So you're worried about that too, you know. And so I, I think to me, you know, this is, I think the question isn't will Chubb play? I think he will. I think the question is how effective is Chubb? Does he have COVID symptoms? Is he asymptomatic? I mean, we reading about all these NBA players that are on COVID. Some of them are experienced, and even right. I don't know if they're vaccinated. They, I don't know if they're vaccinated or not. But some of them are saying it's hard for me to come back. I had a hard time staying in shape when I was gone. We know from watching this COVID last last spring that it takes two, three weeks if you've had it to really come back. Now, maybe if you're vaccinated, it doesn't take that. Does it take much time to come back, or does it take a little bit of time? I don't know the answer to that question.
1: There's a lot of good games this weekend. He- and it is. One of the, but that one right there, if you asked me, because two teams playing well, the Browns feeling good about themselves after the win in Cincy, uh, I think that that's the game. You're going to find out a lot about both teams, the
2: Browns and the Patriots. I know that sounds cliche
1: to say, but you should.
2: I, I think there's no doubt you're going to find out a lot about both teams because I think what you're going to see is, is who, who blinks at the mm. style of play when they play it, right? Who's going to blink? Cleveland has to play a certain style. We know this. They got behind 14-0 to to the Arizona Cardinals. That game, they couldn't come back from that. Cleveland can't let Baker throw it 51 times. Who blinks and who controls the game in the first quarter? How it starts. Because both teams have to play a certain way to win.
1: I know this is going to shock you, uh, and be careful here because you may fall out of your chair. But Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> found a couple of minutes to get with the Los Angeles Rams social team and put out a video. No doubt that he's excited and he's ready to quote, "Get to work, let's
2: go, let's go." Well, that's all he got over, a hood right? out. He
1: looks good in the in the video. He's fired up. I Look, know you're surprised. I mean, everybody's
2: gonna, everybody's gonna lay down and react to it. No problem.
1: I know it's surprising he had a chance to get with the social team, but he did. So let's go, get to work. Let's go, we'll get Wes Reynolds, he'll get to work, give you some plays next.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: Oh, no. Why is Dan Campbell trending on Twitter? I'll get back to that in a second. Anyway, BetMGM King of the Weekend free-to-play challenge where you can win up to $50,000. This is BetMGM. It's a great deal. Uh, weekend contest. So here's what you do. Simply log into your account at BetMGM and then you find the king of the weekend contest in the promotion section. Then you pick six teams you think are going to score the most points for the selected games. $1,000 goes to the top entry each week. And if you guess all six right, you could potentially win up to the $50,000. Plus, there's hundreds in other prizes as well. Try the king of the weekend free-to-play game at BetMGM. If you're new to BetMGM, download the app today and make a weekend uh, make the weekend even better. BetMGM.com for more terms and conditions. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Also in Vegas is Vison's Bon Voyant. He is uh, Wes Reynolds, and he joins us now. Hey, Wes, how you doing?
3: Good morning, Patrick. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, buddy. How's the, uh, how's the start to college? For those that don't know, Wes is a brilliant college basketball better, and he loves it. First half, second half, he you post them on Twitter, at Wes Reynolds. How, how's the season so far starting for you in college, Hoops?
3: So far, okay, through the first couple days. And basically, look, the way you handicap this early, I think, is especially with totals, I think we're seeing a little bit kind of similar to what we saw with the NBA, where now all of a sudden you've got players that are not used to shooting with actual human beings as the backdrop they're used to shoot empty gyms and empty arenas and whatnot so I think you're seeing the scoring at least by and large to the under and and lower scoring games eventually that'll work its way out and it'll even out you're kind of starting to see it a little bit more in the NBA the scoring is starting to pick up on a nightly basis so that's probably what's going to happen with college at least for the first couple weeks
2: there you go uh wes i i know it's early i know it's early but tell me is there any sleeper team that you think is kind of l- lurking in the in the bottom 15 you know the bottom from 16 on in the polls that you think could eventually be a final 14
3: yeah and uh, uh i don't want to really call purdue a sleeper because they're top 10 they were who i picked if they said who's the one team you think is going to win it all. I think it is going to be Purdue, but a team to watch out for the ACC and uh, write that up for the college basketball betting guide. Everybody's going to focus on Duke and rightfully so. And they look very impressive against Kentucky the other night. Also Florida state, you know, Leonard Hamilton always has size and he always has athletes. North Carolina has some talent. Hubert Davis taking over for Roy Williams, but I like Virginia tech. And I think that this is a team that is very well coached. Uh, the guy that they had, Mike Young from Wofford, who was very good at Wofford all mm-hmm. those years, now has kind of had a few seasons at Virginia Tech. This is a team that does bring back some experience and, and some veteran guard play. So this is a team, I think, to definitely watch out for. I think they're going to end up in that top four in the ACC. I don't want to overreact to one game with UVA, but they did not very good in that opener against
1: Navy. And Michael, the transfers in college, but we talked about the transfers in college football, even more, track even more of an impact. I I love this college hoop season because honestly, I think it could be wide open. It's wild right now.
2: I think it is too. I mean, I talked to Mus and, and Buzz and, and Cre- I mean, all, all my guys in the Southeast Conference and it's like open season. I mean, it's, you don't know what, who, they could go at any moment. Yep. And, you know, they rebuilt their teams with a bunch of these transfers. It's fascinating. And I think, Again, I, th- I think a lot of this will come down to who's improving in January and February preparing for March. Much like any season in any sport, it's not how you start. It's that tortoise approach. We're going to get better every single day.
1: Yeah, no, you nailed it. We're coming off a great tournament last year as well, which is so exciting. Anyway, Wes Reynolds, we'll shift our attention here to football. I, I didn't look. I didn't see why Dan Campbell's uh, trending on Twitter. I like to avoid that. But we'll start with a game you are going to bet, and it is Detroit in Pittsburgh. You're going to take it. You're going to take it with Detroit. I think it's right now sitting, let me just give you a number, eight and a half, nine-ish here, Wes.
3: Yeah, and Detroit is coming off the bye. Of course, they're still the only winless team left in the NFL. I wouldn't have them power-rated, though, as my lowest team. I still think the Houston Texans have that distinction. But, look, Detroit is still going to give an effort because they got that O in the W column. So I still think that they're going to give an effort. they come back, they can reset off the bye week. And also, what we've seen out of Pittsburgh, look, uh, they're 0-4 against the number as a home favorite this year. And the Lions, you know, had that worst performance of the season before the bye. They lost 44 to six at home to the Eagles. So this was a chance to reset. And you just look at the situation for Pittsburgh. They got taken to the wire by the Bears, got a couple bad calls their way that might have shifted the balance of that game. And then you have the Steelers next week. They go Sunday night football on national TV. They go face the Chargers on the road. Then they have two divisional games. So this might be kind of like a get-through-it game for the Steelers where it's like, okay, let's just get in and get out, like win – And I think Detroit, they're still going to be trying. And look, they nearly beat Baltimore in the final seconds. They nearly beat Minnesota in the final seconds. They played the Rams very tough on the road. So this is not a team that's very good. They're a bad team, don't get me wrong, but they're not historically bad. So I thought this number was a little high for a Pittsburgh team that's struggling a little on offense and just not covering numbers at home.
2: No, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. Here's my concern. And just playing devil's advocate here. You know, the, the in the four road games, the, the Lions have allowed 26.5 points. They've only scored 16.7. Now, that, that's a little misleading because I think the Chicago game was a game that they were in the red zone repeatedly and they just couldn't capitalize. And I was actually impressed how Chicago moved the ball against Pittsburgh. I, I'm going to curse myself for saying this. I really am. But I actually think Detroit in the nine might be a good play here because – I don't know if Pittsburgh can score. I don't know if Pittsburgh's offense can generate. I mean, Pittsburgh is not explosive by no means. I know they've won four in a row. They've scored 27, 23, 19, and 29 in those games. They scored 27 against Denver, 23 against Seattle, 15 against Cleveland, and 29 against Chicago. You know, so for me, I, I just don't know. You know, a four-game win streak coming in here, I, I, I lean towards towards detroit but i probably would move we'll talk about it later
1: well the market agrees with both of you because when west was betting it was nine and a half it's settling in, in a lot of books right now with detroit catching eight at pittsburgh next up pj walker under center not cam of course in arizona for carolina arizona still undecided under center as well you're going to take the 10 and a half here with the panthers here west
3: Yeah, and uh, you might want to wait on this number, too, because apparently Kyler is practicing today, so there is a chance he's going to be back. That'll get reflected in the market. How much it moves up, maybe a pat point or a point, because obviously maybe he's not 100 percent. But impressive win, though, for Arizona last week without Kyler Murray, without Hopkins. Uh, The running back Edmonds got hurt early. And look, had all the closing line value in the world with the 49ers getting two and a half, they closed five and a half point favorites, didn't really matter as Arizona dominated the game. Colt McCoy was good in relief, and he's one of the more solid backup quarterbacks in the league. But I think maybe going to P.J. Walker is at least a somewhat of a shot in the arm for Carolina. Now, we'll see how much they use McCaffrey going forward because he was seemingly against the Patriots last week, a little bit on a pitch count. Even though he ended up getting more touches than Chuba Hubbard did on the backfield, it was not the usual McCaffrey usage where he's going to have 25 or 30 either carries or receptions out of the backfield combined. So... I think Arizona just gets maybe a tad overpriced here off going ahead and beating all that closing line value last week. But perhaps we do want to take Carolina.
2: You know, last year, West 31-21 in a game. It was in Carolina. Week three of the season, week four, it was early. Carolina did a great job. Arizona was hot at the time, too. Arizona, Carolina did a great job of defending this offense. Now, they're better this year, don't get me wrong. But but they did a really good job, and the strength of this Carolina team is their defense. Their defense will show up. It's a lot of points to lay against a team with good defense.
1: Yep, 100%. There's Before we get out of here, you got about a minute and a half, Will. I wanted to ask one stood out to me that I totally agree with you on. Maryland at Michigan State this weekend. You like Maryland catching the 13.
3: Yeah, I, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, I do, because Michigan State is in that bubble burst spot. Like, when you get to November – and you have a realistic shot at an undefeated season, and then all of a sudden you lose, that oftentimes is going to carry a hangover for the next week. We saw it in a similar spot with SMU at Memphis last week. Lose to Houston, then lose the very next game. And you just look at Michigan State, Patrick. They are dead last in all of FBS, 130 teams, and they're dead last. I know there's some weather concern in East Lansing, but I think Talia, to his younger brother – they can move the ball through the air. Now he's got to not turn it over. He's got to take the football. But Michigan State laying that big number, and with Ohio State on deck, I thought this was a little rich to lay to the Turks in this spot.
1: Okay, there it is. If hey, by the way, no no better time to follow West than now. If you like college hoops winners at West Reynolds, one betting across America Saturday. Let's see. You got the Green Zone for seven hours on Sunday. Long shots. He's all over the place. West, thank Busy, you, and man. have a good thank weekend. West. Thank, Thank you, you gentlemen. West. Appreciate you, Wes. Wes Reynolds says a great job. I got a bunch coming up here, including, can't go for that. No can do. Some John Oates plays from no Michael Lombardi coming up next. I, I'll put some John Oates on right now. During the Don't break, it. come on, get in the move, man. We come back. Mm.
0: Zigazoo has made me zigzag.
3: Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget.